Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning to you all. Good morning to you all. Welcome to this second Sunday of the second month of the year. We're glad that you're here. And with this being a new month, we would be remiss if we didn't recognize birthdays and anniversaries for the month of February, birthdays and anniversaries for the month of February. If you have an, a wedding anniversary for the month of February, would you raise your hand? Wedding anniversary, month of February. Anybody month of February? Oh, got uh, Brother Will, amen. Amen, amen, hey, amen. All right, wedding anniversaries. I thought I saw a young man raise his hand up there, but I think he's a little young to be married. Hey, Amen. Well, that's wonderful. Do we have any birthdays? Anyone who was born in the... Wow. Okay, you got a twofer right there, Brother Daniel. Hey, Amen. Hey, amen. We got some February birthdays in the stands. Hey, amen. Hey, amen. I think we got one more February birthday that just walked in, didn't we? Yes. Hey, amen. Well, at this time, what we'd like to do uh, is to sing happy birthday to our... February birthdays and also recognize those whose wedding anniversaries were or are in this month. Let's sing along. A happy birthday to you. make sure that during the fellowship uh, time that you greet our birthday, uh, February birthdays and anniversaries, amen, that you congratulate them. Now, having an anniversary and a birthday, that's something beautiful, isn't it? But also, knowing the Lord is even more beautiful, amen? So if you're able to rise, we'd like to have you join us in singing hymn 647, hymn 647, as our opening hymn, and then we'll have a word of prayer hymn 647, Something Beautiful.
Amen. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you once again for this day, God, and I'm thankful we get to gather to get today in your house. And I pray, God, that you would be with the uh, pastor as he preaches this morning, Lord, fill him with your spirit, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, speak to our hearts today through the message, and we'll thank you for it. We love you, Lord, and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. If you are able to continue to rest upon your feet, we would love for you to join us in hymn 656, hymn 656, Sunlight. Amen. We got sunlight outside, but if you're a child of God, you also have sunlight in your heart. Hymn 656, Sunlight, sing along.
Thank the Lord for him. Amen. Thank God we have a Savior who loves us. Listen, there's only one message today that reaches people, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Jesus saves. Amen. Well, let's all stand, if you would, please, and sing this next hymn, hymn number 655, Sunshine in My Soul. Listen, we preaching Jesus. That ought to put a little sunshine in your soul. Amen. Hymn number 655. In my soul today, more glorious than glows in any earthly sky. For Jesus is my light. Oh, there's sunshine, blessed sunshine, when the peaceful, happy moments roll. When There is music in my soul today. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church this morning. Listen, that was a great choir special. Wow, they sang big, they sang great. I want to thank all of those who come and they practice at 1 o'clock every Sunday afternoon. And what a great job. I want to welcome all of our visitors that are here today. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here. If this is your very first time 
at Central Park Baptist Church or the first time you've been here in a very, very long time, if you slip your hand up, our ushers will give you a visitor card and uh, fill that out. And then at the end of the service, out into the foyer, I'll be out there. Am I too loud? Okay. Uh, I'll be out in the foyer by the sign that says welcome. And then uh, at a desk there, and I'll exchange that visitor card for a gift bag. We have a gift bag we want of uh, gifts to thank you for coming and visiting Central Park Baptist Church this morning. There's a lot of churches out there that you can go to, but you chose to be here this morning, and we're glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of our service. Pastor, you come. Well, I'm glad to see you this morning. Just think, uh, February's almost over. Spring's right around the corner, amen? Come on, heat. Amen. You know, I'm looking forward to that. I'm telling you, if you like cold weather, something is, you know, uh, I'll talk to you. From, I'll give you some Bible after church, okay? Maybe help you a little bit. But I'm glad you're here today. Thank you to all of our guests that are here this morning. I'm, I'm looking forward to, be, you know, it's just a, any day you come to the Lord's house, it's a good day. Amen. And I appreciate you coming. Well, let me encourage you today. We're going to receive our offering. And I uh, trust that if you have not given, let me encourage you, be a cheerful giver. Yes. Amen. 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 God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. And uh, listen, he paid for our sin on the cross. And, and we're going to explain. We've been talking about this the last three Sundays. This is just an opportunity for us as we uh, give back to him to worship him and let him know uh, that we appreciate uh, the greatest gift that he could give, and that's his self for, the, for our soul for eternity. So may God bless you this morning uh, as you give. Dear Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd uh, bless this offering. I pray, God, that you'd bless the gift and the giver. Lord, please help us to be good stewards of it. Help us, Lord, to use it for the furtherance of the cause of Christ in this place, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
children fifth grade and under to junior church, fifth grade and under junior church, you are now dismissed at this time. Children, fifth grade and under junior church, last verse, the rest of us can sing hymn 590, last verse of hymn 590, after this please briefly greet each other. I shall go there to dwell in that city I know since Jesus each other at this time.
Luke chapter 7. Thank you, Ben. Luke chapter 7. Turn me down some, please. I can hear that quite a bit. Luke chapter 7. And if you'll, when you find your place, if you're able, please stand in honor of reading the Word of God this morning. I do want to brag on the choir. They do a great job. And I appreciate their work and that they put in. And, uh, you know, they, they're here at one o'clock and they, they put in their time and to, to, to work on the songs. And they're doing a good job working on some more new ones. And, you know, um, so that we don't repeat the ones that Brother Will doesn't like to play, you know. So, uh, but, but I just brag on them. They, they, they do a great job and I, I appreciate that. Well, find your place in Luke chapter 7. Uh, say amen. amen. Uh, I want to begin reading in verse 36, and we're just going to read uh, down through verse 39 this morning by way of, of getting things started today. We've, we've read this last two messages on forgiveness, and we're, we're going to stay in that same place. It says, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, talking about the Lord. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, talking about the Lord would have known who, had, uh, who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. You know, one thing this woman realized, she knew who this was. And she knew the price that, uh, was, that had been paid to forgive her of her sin. And, and so she's paying homage, if you will, or honoring the Lord with, with her gift of this. Uh, listen, not just with the alabaster box and the ointment, but with her sacrifice of herself. Herself, what's going on here this morning as we continue about forgiveness. Dear Father, I pray and I ask you, God, to please help me this morning. I've uh, asked you, Lord, uh, this week, Lord, in fact, the last few weeks to please help me, God. The, the um, uh, topic of forgiveness is such an important topic. And I pray, God, that you would uh, help me today to stand out of your way, Lord, to allow you to fill me and use me this morning as I... Uh, preach about forgiveness today again, Lord, as we finish up this series of messages. And I pray, God, that it'll not be me that speaks, Lord, and God, that you will still this stammering tongue, Lord, but it'll be a, a, a focused uh, voice today, uh, Lord, through the, the, the leading and the filling and the uh, unction of the Holy Spirit of God today as I preach. And I pray, God, that you'd help our people to listen today, not with the uh, the, the, the fleshly thought, but with the spiritual heart, God, today, Lord, and allow you to speak to us this morning in a special way, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I read a story about a preacher who preached for quite a long time, and, and uh, at the end of his long sermon, he asked how many of those that were there that morning in worship, how many would be willing to forgive their enemies? Well, about half of the people held up their hand. So, not satisfied with how many raised their hands, he preached another 20 minutes. And then he asked the same question. He said, how many of you would be willing to, uh, you know, forgive your enemies? Well, about 80%. 
raised their hand. So he preached another 20 minutes. And he asked the same question at the end of that 20 minutes. How many would be willing to forgive their enemies? Well, everybody except one older lady raised her hand. And at the end of the service, uh, he, the preacher, went to this lady. Her name was Miss Jones. And, and uh, she's about 93 years old. And he said, Miss Jones, he said, that's very unusual. He said, how old are you? And she again, she said, 93. And the preacher said, well, Miss Jones, can you please uh, explain to me why uh, and how that you're not willing to forgive your enemies? He said, I don't understand that. How, how can you live to be 93 and not have an enemy in the world? And he said, well, that's simple. You just answered. He said, I outlived all of them. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about and focusing on the topic of forgiveness. We've talked about the forgiveness of God. Uh, the Lord said to this woman, in the, uh, and I hate to use the word story, but in the passage of Scripture we've just read, uh, where the Lord said to this woman, thy sins are forgiven. Uh, there was the forgiveness of self uh, that we talked about, the forgiveness of God, then the forgiveness of self. Once Jesus forgave this woman, he said to her, go in peace which reminds us that not only can we experience the forgiveness of God, but, but because God has forgiven us, we can forgive ourselves. And now because God has forgiven us, watch this, then we should forgive others. Amen. 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 Remember last week I said these three things. I said, God forgives me, that's grace. Uh, I forgive me, that's peace. And I forgive you, that's fellowship. Uh, like the woman in this story, we see we, we're all sinners. God said in Romans 6 that for all have sinned. Yeah, that did, y'all didn't sound too convinced. But God said for all have sinned, sinned uh, and come short of the glory of God. But like this woman, watch this, there was a glad day when we heard the Lord say to us, thy sins are forgiven. And before I can experience the freedom, listen now, before I can experience the, forgive, uh, the uh, freedom of forgiving myself and others, I have to come to the realization of God's free forgiveness that I have received. Yeah. Are y'all still here? Say amen. amen. The woman in our story illustrates this free forgiveness. Listen, watch this. If you look in verses 37 and verse 39, we've already determined and we've already learned that this woman was a sinner. And in verse 37 and 39 that she's referred to as a sinner and, and we find that she had a bad reputation. Everybody knew who she was. Everybody knew what she was. But it's to this person, a, a detestable sinner, if you will, that says in, uh, that Jesus says in verse 49, he tells her, thy sins are forgiven. Amen. Listen, she could not earn it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. She could not merit or attain it. Listen, forgiveness is a free gift from God. Amen. And watch, and the gift of God is revealed to us, watch, as the grace of God. This woman was a defiled, dirty sinner. But now be careful before we start pointing our finger at her and understand that when we point one out there, there's three pointing back at us. Listen, she was a defiled sinner and she is like we are, a sinner by birth and a sinner by behavior. She, as we are, listen, was stained by sin. Yet she hears the words from the Lord Jesus himself, thy sins are forgiven. 
Now remember, in the first message, we learned that the word forgiven literally means to take or to send away. And Jesus is saying here that all you have done is gone. Think about it. Your past and your sinful practices have all been taken away. Now, this woman didn't deserve it. I mean, look at the story. Absolutely not. But let me ask you, do we deserve to be forgiven? Absolutely not. She did not deserve the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, she couldn't earn it. Listen, she could not attain it. Listen, and she did not deserve it. It was the free gift of God himself. Listen, that is the, that's the grace of God when he does that for us. In gratitude because of her uh, receiving this free grace and, and the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ, she fell at her feet, listen, or fell at the feet of the Lord Jesus, tears running down her face and dropping on the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, and lovingly wiped those tears from his feet with her hair. Listen, what an act of humility and thanking God for his grace that he bestowed upon her. God help us, but then there's always those Pharisees around. You remember the Pharisee and the publican that was praying? And the old Pharisee, man, he wouldn't even so much, listen, he lifted up his head to heaven and and he said, man, I fast twice a week. I give my tithes. Man, I'm in the church whenever the doors are open. I sit right on the front row. Mm-hmm. That's right. Smote on his chest. Listen, and realized that he was a sinner lost. But listen, the Bible says that he went home, listen, saved. And you go read it. Listen, when a Pharisee here in this passage of Scripture. I'm telling you, she, she look, he looks at this woman and looks at the Lord and, and, and listen, as she's doing all this, says, if this guy would have known who she is, there's always somebody around yeah. to point their finger at you. Yeah. You know, I mean, we want to, I mean, listen, but she didn't care. Listen, God help us to understand that when it comes to forgiveness, listen, uh, we need to come to that place where we don't care what other people think. There's an old Welsh proverb that says this, in every pardon there's love. Listen, this scene here is a scene of God's forgiveness and we can see this deep appreciation or this deep expression of love. And can I tell you, it wasn't their tears that saved her. It wasn't, listen, it, neither it was her love that earned her forgiveness. If you notice, the Bible says, and the Lord said this, watch this. Let me see if I can find it here. It, uh, when he looked at this woman, he told her, he said, thy faith has saved thee. You, you, re, you remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9? I've had people say, man, you Baptists, y'all just hang on. Well, why not? It's a good verse. Amen. They said, man, y'all always go right back. Okay, well, it's not just Baptist. It's a Bible verse. I didn't say it. God said it in his preserved, inerrant, infallible word of God. He said, for by grace are you saved through faith. That of yourselves is a gift of God. Not a worthless. Any man should boast. The forgiveness she experienced was not an act of her doing, but rather of the Lord's doing. Her forgiveness was an act of God's grace. And as sinners, we deserve nothing but judgment. 
Uh, we talked about that last week. It's free to us, but it was, listen, it was not free to God. It doesn't cost us anything, but it costs God everything. I mean, he gave us his only son. Who would do that? Listen, it's the free gift of God. It's the free grace of God. The song says, oh, happy day, oh, happy day. You know what? When Jesus washed my sins away, thank God today for the realization of his free gift. Have we forgotten today that, that the grace is free for us? Have we forgotten today the price that was paid? We get so flippant sometimes when it, when it talks about uh, the forgiveness of Almighty God and what we have received. Listen. We may have, it may not have cost us anything, but it cost God everything. He turned his back on his only son because of sin. Because he was willing to die on the cross for us that we might be forgiven. But once we realize the free forgiveness of God, watch, a responsibility and accountability comes with it. In other words, there's a, there's a realization of free forgiveness. Then comes the expectation of full forgiveness. Look in verses 40 and 42 again. Jesus told this, this uh, talked to this Pharisee and, and, and these two verses was in response to Simon's condemnation of this sinful woman. And then you look back up in verse 39, it says, this man, you remember, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner a woman this is that touches him for she's a sinner. Do you understand? We've all touched Christ in some way. Listen, all of us today who are sinners are uh, uh, bound for hell and hell deserving. But in some way, listen, we also touch the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in that we approached him, asked him to forgive us of our sin. And he said, listen, he was faithful and just to forgive us. And he cleansed us from all unrighteousness, wrote our name down in the Lamb's book of life. We who did not deserve it. And he gave forgiveness of sin. Then he proceeds in the Lord in this story to reveal why and how God expects us, though, to fully forgive us. For one reason, uh, we're to forgive others because of our relationship to the Lord. Turn to, turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. I want you to see it for yourself. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Forgiveness of God, that's, um, boy, we like that. Amen? Yeah, amen? Forgiveness of others, I mean, forgiveness of self, we do pretty good with that. Amen. I mean, we want, if God's forgiven us, we, we want to forgive ourselves. Amen? But now we get to the tough part. Yeah. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Amen. Forgiveness is not a natural tendency, but it's a spiritual responsibility. Amen. Our natural tendency is not to forgive and forget, but to fume and fight. If you've been there, say amen. 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 You know, I mean, somebody does you wrong, and I'm thinking about me, boy. Oh, that happened to them? Well, praise the Lord. Be careful, because God said that, listen, if, he, if somebody's going through the judgment of God, and we, we revel in the fact that they're, that he'll stop. He'll take his hand off. 
Uh, listen, we, we got to be careful. Our tendency is not to get over it, but it's to get even. And we look. We want to get even. We're a lot like the Quaker who owned this old ornery cow. I mean, every time he went out to milk her, I mean, it was just a, an ordeal. It was a fight. One particular morning, the cow was very irritable, and the Quaker, the story says, was determined to endure the session without getting angry. And so he began to milk the cow, and the cow stepped on his foot and just kind of kept her foot on his foot. And he, man, he's all over there writhing in pain and got his foot out from under the cow's foot. And, and man, he thought, well, that'll be okay. I'm, I'm good, you know. And he started to milk her again. And next thing you know, she starts whacking him over the head with her tail. I mean, just like a cat of nine tails, all caught, and he's, all, he's sitting there trying to do his best to keep milking the cow, and, and he's thinking, you know, I said I wasn't going to get mad, and, and so finally the old cow just reached out, you know, they kicked sideways, I mean, she reached out and kicked the old boy and tumped over the pail of milk, and he said, you know what, he said, I came out here, and, and I was determined that I was going to be nice to you, and you've done all this to me, he said, and I'm not going to hit you today can sell you to a Baptist. <laughs> Somebody will get it in a minute. Listen, we got to be careful about forgiveness. I read a classified ad about somebody putting a paper and it, it went this way. Wedding dress for sale, never worn. Or we'll trade for a 38 caliber pistol. <laughs> forgiveness for the Christian is not an option. It's an obligation. It's not left up for discussion, debate, but it's our duty. We're to forgive because we have been forgiven. And the Bible even says to pray for them that despitefully use you. Have you ever done that? Oh, son, I'm telling you, that gets down where the nasty now and now. For somebody listen, you say, well, I, I, I've, I've experienced all this. Now, you all still follow me. Say, amen. amen. I mean, but we're to forgive because we've been forgiven. Watch the Bible says, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Yeah. Not only are we expected for, to forgive because of our relationship with the Lord, but because also we call it a partnership with God. Look in verse 41, 42. Jesus tells us this story here about the debtor and the creditor. And then we see Simon's answer in verse 43. Simon says, and when they had nothing to pay, watch, the, uh, he frankly forgive the Lord telling them that uh, them both tell, them, tell me therefore which of them will love most. And Simon gives the answer and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. But then notice what the Lord says in verse 47 as a reply. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, he points to the woman who's been washing his feet and crying and weeping because she's been forgiven. Listen, we have forgotten how to cry. We've forgotten how to weep today. Listen, if nothing else, oh, the fact that we have been forgiven of our sin. Listen, we, uh, we have lost the ability today to weep over what God has done for us. And God help us not to lose that ability. Amen. God says, listen, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Listen, watch this. Uh, we are to forgive because we are no more like Jesus than when we do forgive. 
Um, we did, listen, let me ask you this. Did Jesus do anything wrong? No. Did we? Yeah, but he forgave us. Um, so when others do us wrong, with, uh, then we're to forgive them too. Jesus didn't hold or harbor unforgiveness toward us. Listen, I think back on my own life. If the Lord had any right to, to hold a grudge, I'm him. I'm him. Yep. I think back, you know. Listen, I haven't I don't let the past hinder me, but I still remember it. But remembering my past helps me to to press forward toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I remember. I was talking to someone the other day about my foul mouth when I was out in the oil field and I, I me and my wife were talking about this. I said, but I promised God that when I got out I'd stop. And I did that. And with God's help. Listen. Yeah. Had a uh, hold a grudge against me, it would be the Lord. Yeah. Anything wrong. But you know, when I came and I asked him to forgive me, you know what he did? Amen. Had a right to not forgive, it'd be the Lord. He who Listen, he who did not sin became sin for us. Amen. That Watch, the Bible says the just for the unjust. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. He was guilty of no wrong, but he died to forgive wrongdoers. All of us are in this list, by the way. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. It says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Watch. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty serious. You see, His forgiveness of us was full and free. And our forgiveness of others ought to be the same. Full and free. It may not be easy... If y'all come on, if y'all still here, say amen. It may it is it's not easy. And we're gonna get to that. But it's expected. Yeah. Somebody said this to forgive the whole world to me is no chore. My only real problem is my neighbor next door. Amen. Once God forgives us, though, we're expected to forgive others. And I really believe this story shows that once we forgive others, there's joy and there's jubilation. Uh, listen, that can't be attained any other way other than forgiving others. Look in verse 41, verse 42. Jesus shows us here uh, the unconditional bias or the unconditional basis. I'll get it right. And I want you to see exactly what took place in the story. Verse 41, verse 42 says again, and I'll keep reading, but I want you to get it. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. Uh, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Now, a creditor was someone who loaned money. I mean, yeah, amen, amen. Uh, a debtor was somebody who borrowed money 
Now, when somebody borrowed money from a creditor, a bond, watch this, stating the amount being borrowed uh, was in most cases signed by witnesses to prevent fraud. The bonds contained the name of the creditor, uh, the debtor, the amount owed, and the date, and together with, watch, with a clause attaching the property or the debtor. Listen, it's like, kind of like a mortgage. Amen. You know what it's like. You go in there and you sign papers for about an hour and a half, and there's about 150 of them. You sign this paper to say that you signed that paper before it. Then you sign these two papers, you know, to say that you signed the first five up here. I mean, there's, paper, there's signatures everywhere. But the main thing, watch this, is it, there's a contract. There's a, 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 a mortgage, if you will, to be signed. And, and here in this story, uh, there's two debtors. Now watch this. One owed a creditor five, 50 pence and the other one owed 500. Now think about this. It, one was a 50 days wages and the other amounted to 500 days wages. And when it came time for payment, watch this, neither one of them could pay the debt. They were, listen, they were broke. Both of them. Look in verse 42. That's where it says they had nothing to pay. Now, what did the creditor do? Now, watch this. Instead of calling in his mortgage or having them arrested, Jesus said he frankly forgave them both. In other words, watch. The amount of the debt, listen, was not the issue. Why you say that? Well, because both of them didn't have any money. It doesn't matter if he owes a million and he only owes, you know, a thousand. Listen, if neither one of them have any money, listen, the amount owed is not the issue. The, the issue is they don't have any money to pay it. Regardless of the amount, watch, the debts here were the same because they had nothing to pay, 50 or 500. But watch, the creditor, watch, he shows us he unconditionally forgave both of them. The word forgave here, it's in the Greek and it means, watch this, it means to grant favor or pardon. Instead of the creditor giving these two debtors what they deserved, which was to go to jail. They deserved that. Why? Because they couldn't pay the debt. They deserved the law to judge them and put them in jail. Listen, but we see the creditor granted them a favor and gave them a pardon and it was unconditionally and he forgave them both their debts. Our forgiveness of others has only to do with the fact that God forgave our debt. So to be like Jesus... We have to forgive their debt. Listen, the issue is unconditional forgiveness. Have, have you ever, now I know nobody's here like this, but have you ever forgiven somebody and then six weeks later, I remember what you did to me. I remember back on August 3rd, 1982. I remember what you did. We go dig it up. I like my dad, and, and I think about we had two basset hounds growing up, and listen, they would go out in the backyard. I'm telling you, them things would be out there forever. I'd run across one while we was cleaning up the backyard, and them things were dried up and bleached. 
no nutritional value in them whatsoever. But the dog would go out there and dig one up every once in a while and just chew on it. I didn't have any good, wouldn't, wouldn't amount to anything, but he chewed on it. And then if the other dog came over there, he'd growl at him because he came over. You know what we do when we say that we have forgiven someone of their sin and we dig it up? It has no value whatsoever. But we just want to use it against somebody else. Listen, it's kind of like this cross. and It's like uh, uh, we ask for forgiveness and, and our sins are, are nailed to the cross. Colossians 2.14. And, and the Lord took on his sins and, and they were nailed to the cross with him. Forgiven, forgotten. You know, when we ask for forgiveness of ourselves, or we forgive others, you know what we do? We take that, that debt and we, we nail it to the cross. Forgiven. But you know what we do when we dig it back up? Just a minute, Lord. I got, I got to ball this a minute. I'm in an argument over here with somebody and I need to use this against them. You see what I just did? Listen, God help us. Now listen, forgiveness is unconditional. Jesus here seems to be telling us that when our level of forgiveness operates with an unconditional basis, there's always a blessing involved, personal blessing. Look in verse 43. It says, which of them will love him most? And the obvious answer to, is the guy who'd been give, forgiven the most. You see, the creditor forgave the men to be a blessing, but because of his kindness, he'll receive a blessing. Now, here's where the waters are, you know, gets a little tough. Uh, where the waters get a little muddy, if you will. Forgiveness is not denying the reality of our hurt. Are y'all still here? Say amen. Forgiveness is not letting the offender off the hook. Forgiveness is not overlooking or condoning the transgression. And the truth is, someone has to pay the debt. Yeah. Why? Because an offense always creates an obligation that has to be paid. So when we forgive somebody of the debt of hurt, of the pain and the offense, watch, it's not for them. You follow me? It's not for them. It's for us. Forgiveness is for the creditor, not for the debtor. Forgiveness is not for the offender. It's for the offendee. Let me put it this way. When we forgive someone, we're not saying that a wrong did not occur. Listen, that their sin was okay and, and what they, listen, what they did didn't hurt us. Not at all. What we are saying is what you have done has created, has, watch, has created debt, but you don't have me to pay. You're forgiven. I forgive you. Listen, it's all over. I mean, uh, uh, but listen, and the debt will be settled though between you and God. Not between me and you. I've forgiven, but now listen, it's between you and God. Listen, why? Because when we sin, there is always a price that has to be paid. 
Listen, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, listen, when they ate of the fruit, a price had to be paid for their forgiveness. They tried to make their own covering. They made a covering of fig leaves. But what happened? God, listen, it was a lamb that was slain and the Lord God himself brought the skins of those lambs and he covered Adam and Eve with it. Innocent sacrifice had to be made. Well, I want you to understand something today that when you and I sinned, I want, listen, it caused the Lord Jesus Christ, he who knew no sin, he became sin for us. The one who knew no guilt became guilty for me and you so that we could be forgiven. Was it for us? Not really. It was for him. Why? Because he longed to have fellowship with us. Listen, why? I mean, look back at the garden. The Bible says that Adam and Eve would come in the cool of the morning to talk with God, to fellowship with Him. Remember, listen, when we talked about this, the forgiveness of others is fellowship. Listen, but when they sinned, it broke that fellowship. Listen, there are people today who have offended me. And without ever asking for my forgiveness, listen, I've forgiven them. Was it hard? Yes. I can remember I would walk years ago, I would walk through Walmart and I'd be having a good day. I mean, I've got a little spring in my step, a smile on my face, but I would bump into somebody that had wronged me or wronged the church and immediately, guess what? I was ticked off. I was mad. My heart rate went from normal to really high. I could feel it in my head. I mean, I could feel it start on my toes and come up and I would see them and it would be like, oh man, oh. Oh, I don't, I'm, I, you know, I wouldn't even, I, I would literally wait and not even go down that aisle as long as they were down there. Come on, say amen. Did I really forgive them? Nope. But there was a time came when I did see them and I could go up to him and say, hey, how you doing? Doing okay? Having a good day? And then I would go, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay. Yeah, no. Heart rate's the same. I don't feel anything. Yeah, pulse is good. Right? I, I don't, I'm not anxious about this. I mean, huh. Guess what? I finally got over it and I forgave them. You know, when we can see somebody and do that, then we have truly forgiven them. But it's for me. I choose, listen, think about I refuse to go through life after I came to the understanding of what God in Christ did for me. I refuse to go through life bitter. Because I don't want to live in prison. I want to get right, be right, and stay right with God. And how people think in regards to forgiveness has always amazed me. For some reason, we tend to think that when we're unwilling to forgive, that we're hurting that person. I'm not forgiving you. You know what you did to me. Come on, everybody here can say amen. Yeah. But the truth is, our forgiveness, watch this, hardly, if ever, has an impact on the other person. They have no clue. But it will absolutely destroy you. That word bitterness comes from a Greek word that means to bite. 
It describes the bite of a serpent or snake when the poison is injected into the system when they bite you. When we refuse or fail to forgive, watch this, the satanic serpent of bitterness has injected us with his poison. Listen, and it will devour you. Ever met a bitter person? That bitter person is miserable. They may think they're happy. But listen, I'm telling you, they are not. I read this story. It says, of the seven deadly sins, anger is a toothsome morsel, both the pain you are given and the pain you are giving back. In many ways, this is a feast fit for a king. The only drawback is what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. You see, our human nature doesn't want to forgive. But an unforgiving spirit isn't worth the prison time. You say, Pastor, they don't deserve it. Probably not. But do you? Did we deserve it? No. You say, Preacher, they don't deserve it. Yeah. But you do. Yeah. God forgives me, that's grace. I forgive me, that's peace. I forgive you, that's fellowship. And the only real freedom of forgiveness is in that. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, I want you to turn there. Listen. um, The Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, set his face to the cross. He, nothing was going, going to deter him. If there's anybody that was ever maligned, it was him. Amen. If there was anyone that was ever uh, persecuted without cause, it was him. Amen. If there's anyone that was ever mistreated, it was him. I mean, they beat him. They uh, spit on him. They tried to kill him, but throw him off a cliff. So angry, they nailed him to a cross. Yeah. Paul here in Colossians 2.14 describes our sin, watch, as a handwriting of ordinances that was contrary to us or against us an IOU if you will in other words our sin demanded payment punishment still does the law of God watch this the law of God cried out guilty for all have sinned you know what you are guilty but Jesus Paul says took it out of the way what's the last part of that say Nailing it to the cross. Canceled. Forgiven. Pardoned. That's what he did. I was telling Sunday school this morning and Brother Elias and I came in yesterday and we were, I went and got some little tacks, if you will, and some pieces of paper and and I I came up and I'm in the wood. The wood's soft. 
Blackburn stuff yesterday. I said, you know, I said, I can get them a little tax and, and they can just, and, and if there's something that people are having a hard time with forgiveness, maybe forgiving someone, handwriting of ordinances, maybe something in your past that you're having difficulty letting go of, write it on here and bring it up. And I thought, no, they can just take that tack and stick it right in there. It'll go right in. But then the Lord, I'm, I'm kind of a literalist when it comes to the Bible. But Paul said, he didn't say pushing a tack in the cross. He said nailing it to the cross. And Brother Elias said yesterday, he said, Preacher, have you ever thought about how hard they had to hit them nails to drive them through the hands and the feet of Jesus? Sure makes you think. But why did he do that? So that we might be forgiven. You see the price that was paid? You understand that he did that for you and for you and me to say, I just can't do that. Really? I just can't forgive and forget. Really? I can hear it. I mean, when, when I put that yesterday and I hit that little tack with that hammer, it took me back over 2,000 years ago and I could hear them saying that to the cross. And he did that for you. He did that for me. And for us to think that we can't be careful. Listen, the great price was paid so that we could have forgiveness. And God says we who have, listen, I don't know about you, but I've been forgiven much. Yeah. I don't have any trouble uh, thanking God for what he got me out of and what he saved me from. Man, I remember I don't have any problem doing the things that God wants me to do. You know why? Because he took my sin and he nailed it to his cross and he died for me. Surely, surely, we can forgive ourselves, And surely, we can forgive others. Does it matter what they did to us? Not according to scripture. But remember, it's for you. I've met bitter people in the world, and I'm telling you, they are, and they have been eaten up with bitterness. Destroyed their life. Don't let it do that to you. If there's a sin, you say, oh, preacher, I don't, I don't, I don't have to come up there and nail that. That's, that's kind of silly. It may be, but it's not about that. It's not about you. It's about others. Listen, it's about him. This is just something to really make us think about what we're doing. And when you nail it here, listen, it, you, use your own paper. Nobody's going to come up here and get it. I've already noticed that somebody's already put one up here that wasn't here earlier. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to nail my sin to the cross and go back and get it. Well, it's a, that's a, 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 you know, a mockery of what the Lord Jesus did for us.
your past. Maybe you just want to write something down and say, Lord, I just love you. Come. Bring it to the cross and leave it there. And I'll go. Lord, I'm, when we talk about forgiveness, God, we, it sometimes gets difficult. But it gets right to the heart of the matter. And I pray, dear God, that you'd please speak to hearts today. Lord, I'm thankful for the forgiveness of God. Lord, I, I pray that, God, that there's something here today that has something in their life that they have a hard time forgiving of themselves. I pray, God, that they'll come and they'll nail it to the cross. God, help us today. And when we hear the the hammer on the wood, God, help us to think about what God give this invitation, Lord, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody looking around, please. Just between me and you and the Lord. I'm going to ask you something very important. Maybe say preacher.